Okay, we are recording. Uh, I'm here this morning with Dr. Elena Shea, who is a new FCE director, so welcome. Um, and I'm going to ask you some questions. And the first question I would like to ask you uh, is, how did you first get started and get involved in immunology? So I was actually one of those nurses who had immunology as an undergrad major. <laughs> so I... I got interested in immunology pretty early on in my life. Um, I often get asked, you know, how did I choose to have that major? Um, and I went to, um, I actually grew up in Spain, in southern Spain. So there I did all the way through high school and I finished everything. I came to the U.S. for university. And in Spain, when you're in high school, you actually already declare yourself in sort of different branches. So starting you say, are you humanities or are you sciences? And basically by second year high school, I knew I was in sciences. And then as you get advanced in the sciences, then you sort of start into are you biology, microbiology, um, immunology. So, so actually in high school, I sort of already made some declarations and choices. So by the time I came to the United States and was an undergrad, I, I said, I'm interested in immunology. And um, I it always fascinated me because I, I like to say that the immune system is very logical. They're immune cells. They're soldiers. Um, you, you need to have enough of those soldiers, and they each need to know what to do. They have a job, um, and that feels very logical to me, and I like that. <laughs> That's a good way to explain it. Yeah. Uh, can you tell us about the research that you're the most proud of? Uh, yes. Uh, so I would say the research I'm the most proud of was a publication we had in the Journal of Experimental Medicine in 2019. Um, and this was a story describing a new human uh, inborn error of immunity. Uh, so it's a genetic defect in the IL-2 receptor beta uh, subunit of the IL-2 receptor. Um, and the reason why I'm most proud of, I think, being interested in immunology early on through sort of different clinical and research experiences, I had um, dreamed that one day I would basically be the person who is uh, a, quote, disease discoverer, gene hunter of some sort, that, you know, I would sort of go in the circle of being a detective, you see a patient, they have a constellation of symptoms, you're like doctor number 153 that they get to see, and you're trying to sort of put all the pieces together you look at the genes, you find something that seems to be the culprit, and then you will have to prove that that is indeed the culprit. And to prove it, you have to do a series of immunological assays and assessments and use some intuition and some sort of scientific results to put the picture together. And uh, then you understand the mechanism and you come back to the patient, sort of like this, what I call the sort of virtuous circle of human disease discovery. Um, and this was, I think, the first time that my lab got to do that, where I felt that I sort of was the uh, director of that orchestra, per se. Um, and it involved the collaboration also of multiple people, multiple clinical specialties, multiple basic scientists who had different expertise, and then trainees that were clinical trainees, fellows that were graduate students that were postdocs, and I really love that team structure. Um, so that's what makes it the most proud experience for me. That's great. So what do you think is the most important trait that a researcher should possess and why? 
I think I will boil it down to two. One is perseverance. Um, I, I think uh, being in research means that uh, you hit a wall many, many times because you don't get the result you expected because things go wrong at the times that you don't think they would happen uh, because there are logistical delays because, uh, you know, time is not on your side. So persevering through negative results or sort of results that you didn't expect is important, um, as well as curiosity. I think when you get a result that you didn't expect, don't be judgmental, be curious. I've heard those two traits mentioned a lot before in previous <laughs> interviews. So what, what do you think is the biggest lesson that you've learned so far? The biggest lesson? Um, I would say, one, I think to remember that the, the path to research is actually, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So you're kind of in it for the long run. It's a very patient process. Uh, that's one, and that it's actually, you know, I think for those of us who went into medicine first or sort of medicine and research intertwined, a lot about the medical field is about you build a differential diagnosis, but you want to get the right answer because, you know, your patient's sort of destiny hinges on it. And I think what I have learned is that in research, actually, the way to get to the right answer is to get many wrong um, and that you cannot, cannot skip that process. Uh, so I think my lesson is to enjoy and embrace my many sort of wrong answers because that's how I will get to the right one. Very true. Very true. <laughs> but, uh, what advice would you give to young researchers just starting out in the field? Uh, I think the advice for a young researcher is to actually remind them that a lot of our researchers think about details of experiments and thinking about hypotheses, but you, I actually think the biggest rule that you have as a researcher, you gotta like telling stories. It's, it's about you telling a story of how you arrive to your discovery, your contribution to science, what you think you bring to the table or what's known, not known before. And you actually have to enjoy that process. It can't just be the doing the experiment and the planning the experiment. You have to enjoy talking about the process and telling your story, which means you have to enjoy writing and rewriting. Um, and I think young researchers often forget that. They get caught in the what am I supposed to do at the bench. And um, for that to shine, you got to tell your story at the end of it. Great. Can you describe your average workday if there is such a thing? <laughs> well, I think I'm in the line of work that I am as a physician scientist because I like my days to be looking very different from each other. Um, and I think that's kind of what wearing many hats results in. Um, usually my day always starts with actually waking up very early and doing something active. Uh, that could be climbing, that could be hiking, that could be, uh, you know, doing a weight workout of some sort, but I start the morning with getting my body active to get my mind ready to be active. Um, and then um, there are some days where I start my day with some um, clinical care of patients, and then that switches over to a meeting with a trainee in the lab. That's switching over to having to help somebody 
do an experiment to writing a grant to then going to pick up my child. <laughs> and um, it's a very, every day is different from each other. And I like it that way. Of course, of course. We're going to switch to the personal now. Can you tell me who you most admire and why? I most admire my mother. And that's because uh, she is, uh, I, I like to say she was a woman ahead of her time. Um, so my, my, my family, uh, they are from Taiwan. And during her time, I think some women had education, but not many had the opportunity. Um, and she didn't have the opportunity. However, um, I think throughout my life, she has clearly shown that she has great um organizational skills. Uh, she has actually great financial sense. Uh, she is, in a way, uh, the head of the household without really showing other people that she is the head of the household because that's how women were taught and raised at that time, um, who actually has a very good business mind and was really, quote, the woman behind the man um, in our family business. Uh, and she uh, always knew how to prioritize her time and her day. And I have learned and admire a lot of those traits. Great. Very nice. Um, what motivates you to work hard? Um, my patience on my family, honestly. Um, I think as a physician scientist, I love doing research because I thought that you know, I started sort of my um, enjoyment of interacting with people and trying to see how can I basically have this person be the next version of themselves. And that's what I see in the clinic. You know, my sort of interaction with them in the clinic is not just to arrive to a diagnosis, but for them to have a better quality of life and for them to sort of uh, arrive to the next better version of themselves. Um, and... Uh, I realized that if I did that strictly in the office, I would have impact on a few lives. But if I actually spend time doing research and I could um, contribute to the knowledge about specific diseases, I would reach more people. And I would hopefully have an impact of helping other people be the next version of themselves and a sort of larger mass. So my motivation is always how can I make this clinically applicable so that my patients can reach the next version of themselves. Um, and that to me permeates how I want to train my trainees for them to be the next version of themselves, how I want to raise my child to be the next version of herself. And I actually only get to do that if I become the next version of myself, which is taking steps forward in research. Great. Do you have a favorite time management tool, something that helps you stay organized? <laughs> um, it's funny, I've been asked that question many times. I actually think my, I, I don't use any app-specific tools. I think the sort of greatest tool that I have is um, on my, on a brain, at sort of like kind of constantly, I have this matrix in my mind that is, uh, Time-wise, what's urgent, what's not urgent, but importance, right? What's more important and what's less important. And I basically sort of like arrive to always prioritizing and getting done the things that are urgent and important. Something urgent is not always important. <laughs> mm -hmm. But um, I try to 
arrive that matrix uh, in my head all the time. And really my best time management tool is understanding how long something takes me because then I'm in charge of, I have 10 minutes now, what can I get done in 10 minutes? Um, and what is the next important and urgent thing that I need to get done that I can do in 10 minutes? Um, so that's what works for me. Well, that's all that counts. Do you have a favorite vacation spot, someplace you like to go when you're not working? So I grew up in Spain, and I've been in the U.S. for a really long time, and I will still say that my favorite place to go on vacation is, quote, to go home. And that's to go back to southern Spain, to the town where I grew up, um, to um, feel like I go back to where I belong. And that's my favorite vacation spot. Nice. Do you have a favorite beverage or drink? Coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And good coffee. I'm very picky with my coffee. I care about the bean. I care about the roasting process of the bean. I care about, you know, how the coffee is made. So I'm a coffee snob, I like to say. That's quite all right. Can you describe your hobbies, other things you like to do when you're not working? Um, I love to do things that are, quote, active. Um, so I love to be outside. Uh, I think Colorado is a great place for that, and I was in California before that. So I love the outdoors. Um, so I like hiking. I like camping. Um, I like climbing. Um, I just uh, enjoy experiencing my surroundings. I think that's my best way to put it. And I also love cooking. So I grew up in a kitchen. My family had a restaurant as a family business when we lived in Spain. And uh, being in the kitchen is one of my hobbies. I love it. Very good. We're going to switch now and talk about focus and your involvement there. So um, can you tell us how you first got involved with focus? Yeah, I first learned about Focus actually when I was a clinical fellow. Uh, So I did a pediatric residency, and then I did an allergy immunology fellowship. Um, And as I was in fellowship and training, uh, then I I was always sort of interested in the clinical immunology as in, you know, how to – take care of patients that have immunological problems. And in that context, there were many pieces that come into play. So one is, you know, what are the clinical laboratory testing that I can do to assess immune function? That's important. Um, The other part is what is sort of the clinical picture that a patient should exhibit for me to think about them having an immune system problem. And then there's the research sort of basic science piece that sometimes uh, these patients are quite a mystery and it takes actually um, doing experiments at the bench to be able to understand the root of their problem. And all those pieces for me came together at the meetings of focus. Uh, where I went to my first focus meeting when I was a trainee, and I saw people from exactly those backgrounds come together. And it was, I think, for me, the first meeting where I saw, oh, these are people who work in clinical laboratory, you know, CLIA certified labs, standard sort of clinical assays, like design to understand the immune system. These are physicians and physician scientists who think about immunological problems. And then these are basic science researchers who think about immunological problems. And I think the three pieces of kind of my training came together at a conference, um, which was a, um, an unusual experience for me. Um, and I, that's how I came to learn about focus. 
Okay. Maybe you've already answered this, but how has focus changed your world? I think it has helped me um, understand how to link those three pieces, right? I think, you know, as when you're very early in your training, I think it's very easy to kind of stay in your um, area of comfort. Like if you're a clinician and that's kind of what you're comfortable with and seeing patients, it's easy to say, well, I see patients that have immune problems that could be autoimmune problems, right? You could be a rheumatologist. You could be an infectious disease doctor who thinks about immune system problems because you get a lot of infections and you kind of get captured in that area of the world. But I think um, going to focus meetings where you see the three sort of different pockets like immune diagnostics, clinical care and basic science research all revolving around immunology, um, I think that um, kind of brought clinical immunology in full circle for me. Okay, wonderful. So if you had a colleague who asked you why they should join Focus, what would you tell them? I would tell them that I find Focus, you know, there are many different other conferences that we who do research immunology may attend to that have immunology as a centerpiece. For example, there's the American Academy of Immunology, and mostly is basic science immunologists who go there. Then you have uh, something like clinical uh, immunological societies. And then you have a mix of physicians and physician scientists, but all kind of revolving immune deficiency or inborn areas of immunity. Then you have something like the Quad AI, the American Academy of Asthma Allergy Immunology, which has an immunology theme too. But then you have sort of practitioners there. So, so all these meetings have a theme around immunology, but it attracts what I call the sort of like one pocket, right? Like, Focus is the place where I see that you have the immune diagnostics, the clinical care, and the basic science, all robot immunology in one place. And that's pretty unique to focus. And I think as a, as a faculty member, to go to those meetings, you means you get interact with all those different areas of looking at immunology. Um, and that I find is what makes focus unique. Perfect. We're going to talk about your FCE now, your Focus Center of Excellence. Can you tell us about the research that you're doing? Um, so is that question as the research I'm doing in my lab or the research on the campus of the, of the like, center? I think in your lab. In my lab. Okay, so um, in my lab, I like to say that we um, have, I would, two major areas, as in um, we study so across everything, we study the immune system. I'm an immunologist and car care immunologist. I'm a pediatric immunologist, which means that I tend to like to study immune diseases that affect children. Um, and there's sort of two pockets. One is what I call classic autoimmunity. So, for example, we study lupus, um, and we have been studying lupus for many years, particularly uh, in children. Lupus has earlier onset and more severe, so we focus there, and we tend to focus on um lupus that affects the kidneys, so lupus nephritis. Um, and then in the area of autoimmunity, um, other than lupus, we've also collaborated with many other labs to study type 1 diabetes, to study multiple sclerosis. Um, and then there's another section of my lab that studies inborn areas of immunity. So these are disorders that are, unlike the autoimmunity, they tend to be very, very rare. Um, and they are uh, genetic mutations that affect specific pathways that then renders the patients to be susceptible to infection or present with autoimmunity and autoinflammation. And that's more of a disease discovery 
understanding mechanism of disease kind of area um, of my lab. And in all those things, we, we like to use kind of the fancy toys that nowadays uh, constitutes the backbone of a lot of the science that we do, where basically you get to single cell resolution, lots and lots of different dimensions to be able to understand and look at many things at once. And we do that uh, by looking at tissue, um, as well as looking at immune cells in the periphery, meaning in circulation. Do you have a specific goal um, that you would like to attain as an FCE director? Um, I think as an FCE director, uh, my goal would be that we as a center are able to actually uh, contribute and make the other centers more successful. I think a, a big reason why also, you know, I mentioned this earlier that my goal as a physician is to help the patients be the next version of themselves. And I think my goal as a scientist, I enjoy um, leading my lab and then uh, essentially uh, making forward discoveries in science. But really, I very much enjoy helping making other people's science successful. And I think as, as University of Colorado, as a center of excellence, we have a large uh, repertoire of immunological expertise at the clinical translation and basic science, as well um, as a campus with a pediatric adult hospital in education opportunities. And I think whatever we can do to make other FCEs be more successful and to help them get to their next level, that would be my goal as an FCE. Wonderful. What do you what do you see or what do you find um, are your biggest challenges to reaching that goal or any other goals? Um, I think I think there are challenges. I actually call them language challenges. So, uh, you know, the same way I describe focus as a place where we have the immune diagnostic and the clinical practice and the basic science all revolving around immunology come together. Uh, we are all people that because of those areas of focus, uh, we tend to have um, expertise and understanding um, on that particular area. And actually, nowadays, you know, we're all about team science, which means having a multidisciplinary approach to one problem. And while that, I think, is what makes the science successful to have people of different backgrounds think about the same problem, it sometimes makes it difficult for us to understand each other and actually leverage each other's expertise. So um, I think that comes to be very true when we're trying to have collaborations across institutions and collaborations across people that have different backgrounds looking at the same problem. Um, yeah. Why did you apply to be um, an FCE? So um, I think a lot about uh, actually having um, a better understanding about a problem that you're trying to solve is to just get a different perspective. Um, I think this is why we tend to have mentors and tend to like to work in groups. And, you know, this is why team science is successful, because you can have different perspective on one problem. Um, and I thought that if we as, as a university, if we became an FC, it would give us the opportunity to network with the other FCEs and have different perspectives as well on the same problem. Um, and I figured that could only enrich our experience. Of course. So those are all the questions I had. Is there anything else that you'd like to add or something you'd like to add that I didn't ask you about? No, I, I, 
I think that that's it. I think I'll just close with saying that um, as an FCE, I think what I'm most excited about is about actually contributing to uh, the rest of the theme of focus and continue to make focus a successful group from immunologists of all walks of life. That's what I like to say. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Shea, for being with us today, and congratulations once again on becoming a new FCE director. Thank you for your time. Thank you. And I'm going to stop recording now. Okay.